Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Alvaro Asa. For more than 15 years, Alvaro has led the research and development efforts, as well as the intellectual property protection and commercialization of research results at the Pontificia Universidad Catolica de Chile, also known as UC. In 2017 and 18, the UC Office of Technology Transfer was recognized as the best technology transfer office of Chile. In fact, under Alvero's management, the UC has been recognized as the institution that filed the most patent applications in Chile in the years between 2015 and 2020. Alvero has extensive experience in the management of science-based innovation programs and is a specialist in technology transfer, intellectual property, and science-based entrepreneurship. Alvero also has experience in the business development of startup companies, as well as the management and administration of innovation programs in medium and large companies specialized in corporate strategy. Alvero has been a speaker in various national and international panels and is a columnist and writes for various different national press. In addition, Alvero is the founder of the Network of Technological Managers of Chilean Universities, also known as Red GT. In 2017, Alvero was awarded the Tech Transfer Manager of the Year by the Chilean government. Additionally, Alvero is the author of From Lab to Market, a book published in 2021 that is available through Amazon and Google Play, as well as other platforms. Alvero has a master's degree in technological and industrial business management from the School of Industrial Organization in Madrid, Spain, a diploma in technology entrepreneurship from the University of California at Berkeley, a degree in industrial civil engineering from the Universidad Tecnique Federico Santa Maria in Valparaiso, Chile, as well as significant experience in major technological innovation, transfer, and intellectual property, as well as the development of new businesses and marketing strategies. And with that extremely impressive background, welcome to the podcast, Alvaro. Oh, Lisa, thank you very much for having me. Um, it's great to be here. Well, thank you so much again for taking part in the podcast, Alvaro. I'm really excited to have you here. Um, Alvaro, I generally like to start the podcast off by asking my guests about their journey to tech transfer. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in tech transfer and at UC? Uh, sure. I studied industrial engineer. And when I finished college, I started working on the accelerator program at my university. And probably that was my first experience working with the startups, innovation, entrepreneur. Um, after that, uh, I realized how important it was to connect, for example, researchers and university capabilities with the market and its needs. And listen, in addition, I come fr uh, from a family linked with the arts. 
but I'm engineer. So maybe this mix connect me with the creativity, innovation. Probably that was the reason that I'm here. Oh, that's amazing. And it's it's great that you were able to mix both uh, arts and engineering. Uh, I think that's a really impressive uh, uh, kind of journey. So, but I wanted to ask you, Alvero, for those of our listeners who are not familiar with UC and the tech transfer that takes place there, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. Um, Universidad Católica de Chile is one of the oldest university and one of the most recognized uh, educational institution in Latin America. Um, it has been ranked by the uh, like a best university in Latin America by the QS ranking, for example, in the last four or five years, and the Times Higher Education as well in the last two years. In our university, we have 18 uh, faculties distributed through four campuses in Santiago and one regional campus located in southern Chile in a very, very amazing place. Um, the faculties cover all files of study, from science to art, from medicine to law. And in addition, Lisa, uh, the engineering school and the architecture school are well known around the world. Um, I would like to add that the university has more than 30,000 students, more than 3,500 faculty members. Um, as well, the university has a long traditional and public commitment. Uh, some Chileans presidents have studied here and several ministers of state have studied here too. And it's always been involved in the public sphere. And as well, uh, 40 years ago, Universidad Católica uh, applied the first patent 40 oh, wow. years ago. And almost 20 years ago, the first startup based in science, science was created. Wow, that's really interesting. And um, as we're talking more about tech transfer there in Chile, I'd be curious to know um, if you could tell us a little bit about how tech transfer in Chile compares to maybe other countries, if you're familiar with it, let's say maybe the U.S. and maybe Europe. Chile and Latin America have a, a novel innovation ecosystem that is developing. Um, in addition, the public and the private investment in science and technology are still very low. For example, Chile, uh, Chile's domestic, domestic expenditure on R&D um, is around 0.3 to 0.4% wow. in the last 10 years. That's low. While in India and USA is around well, more than 3%, in Germany more than 3% as well. So it's very low. It's still very low. So one of the probably most important difference is the public and private investment in science and technology. But in the other hand, our economy is based on natural resources exploitation. For example, Chile's GDP is driven by minerals, good fruits, uh, seafood, and when export. So we face the challenge of developing our economy based on knowledge and education, science and technology, human creativity and innovation. And Lisa, Chile has world-class scientists. So we have the opportunity to do that. That's really interesting. And so given those challenges in terms of the economy there, and really you were mentioning natural resources, food, things like that, 
How involved would, is the government in tech transfer? Um, do you have anything equivalent to, let's say, the Bayh-Dole Act that we have here in the U.S.? Um, yes. So the, the government has been promoting the creation of the tech transfer offices in Chile during the last 10 years. Um, Chile has Corfo. Corfo is the National Innovation and Entrepreneurship Agency to support this matter. And recently, around two years ago, um, was created the Science and Technology Ministry. In this way, we received high, very high support from the state to develop the tech transfer process. But of course, it's still insufficient, and we need more public investment in tech transfer, R&D, etc. But we don't, uh, we we have not a tech transfer policy, and neither by uh, something like Beidol Act. But but we have an IP policy from 1970. And within, with multiple modification uh, and improvement during the 50 years. And in addition, um, Lisa, uh, companies have sub- subsidies and tax benefit, benefit to invest in technology and, and innovation, but the results are still limited. Well, I want to go back and ask you, Alvaro, about something you mentioned to a little bit earlier about the public kind of private sector. Um, what would you say some of the key challenges are for Chilean universities in the private sector when it comes to cooperating with respect to innovation? That is relevant. Um, in the beginning, 10 years ago, what was missing was the dialogue. The dialogue. There was a lack of opportunities to get the university together with the industry, of course. Nowadays, there is more dialogue, but the main challenge from my point of view is understanding each other. So we need to set up expectation uh, both both sides, uh, sides because times, for example, and incentives are different from the industry and from the university. Uh, at the, the Universidad Católica, we have been working on developing the right incentive to promote the tech transfer among the academic community and the private sector. Yeah, that's not a surprise. I mean, I know that that is always a challenge here between university tech transfer offices and private industry, too, is setting those expectations and and coming to kind of mutually kind of agreeable terms and understandings as well. So that's... Uh, not surprising that you're having similar issues there. So with respect to startups, Alvaro, I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about those. How does your office work with startups? So with startups, spin-off, entrepreneurship um, are very important from our university. Um, we see that the startup play a relevant role in the tech transfer process. Uh, some of our successful cases are related, in fact, with the spin-off companies based in, res- in research results. Um, one year ago, for example, we, we reformulate our program to support academic entrepreneurship in our university through, for example, coaching, mentoring, and funding from prototyping or very early stage. Uh, up to now, Universidad Católica has uh, 28 spin-off companies, most of them related to engineering and medicine school. 
Still, there are a couple of startups founded by academic of architecture and I would like to say biological science, maybe, yeah. And these 28 spin-off companies are evaluated at more than $85 million. Um, they have created almost 500 high-qualification jobs, and that number are very important for our reality. Uh, we also have a program called Global UC that aims to develop entrepreneurial capabilities in our research teams because we understood that probably that was um, one of the important um, issues when we want to create a, a, a spin-off companies. More than 30 research teams have participated in these programs and they have to have an experience living, uh, Lisa living two weeks in Boston, in oh, Boston, wow. USA. Yeah, becoming entrepreneurship, developing their business, connecting with the industry. And we see and we understand the big difference when they take the plane to United States sure. and when they return. They they become entrepreneurship just in two weeks. Yeah, entrepreneurs, sorry, just in two weeks. It's very, very impressive. That's really great. That that sounds like an amazing program. And that's really impressive with the 28 spin-off companies, startups as well. And I wanted to ask along kind of the same lines about um, startup and venture funding for these startups. How difficult is it to, to get funding for these startups in Chile? For example, the, the venture capital area or market was created or the first effort was in 15 years ago. And was very successful because the ecosystem wasn't very, wasn't ready to connect connect venture capital with the, uh, the uh, entrepreneur. Uh, but in 2016, six, uh, five, six years ago, Universidad Católica created a venture capital fund to support the startup based on science, not just from our university, but also from companies all over the country, okay? As a result, we have a uh, couple of successful startups because we understand that we need to complete the change of the innovation from research to the venture capital. So um, that was very impressive. And uh, now we have around 20 venture capital uh, funds in Chile working very, very well. Um, so I would like to say that we are in very good position uh, to connect a company or startup to venture capitals. Yeah, that's really impressive. That's really, really good news to hear. It sounds like um, between the number of spinoff startups coming out of your university, as well as the number of venture capital uh, funds available, that's that's really exciting. Um, and given all that, I wanted to turn back to your office, Alvaro, and ask you if you could tell us a little bit about your office, um, the, your team that um, you work with, uh, and a little bit about how your office is structured. Sure. Um... Our office is under the vice presidency of research at the university. We are inside of the university. We are divided into uh, four main areas, tech transfer and intellectual property, R&D project. We have a specific area related to R&D alliance with the industry. And finally, technology marketing uh, that is very active. Um, but one of the most important things in our office, Lisa, is that we divide our job into an economic impact area. So it means 
we have a, a biomedical, agtech, education, and industrial area. That is because we understood that it's different to transfer an educational software, for example, than a vaccine. So for this reason, we we uh, need special capabilities to manage it. And we uh, have a different team in order to support the different uh, researcher team as well. And could you tell us a little bit, um, Alvaro, about the number of invention disclosures, patent filings, licensing agreements, maybe royalty revenue and other metrics that you and your team have been able to achieve in the last year or maybe the last few years? Sure. And the last year, 2020, uh, we uh, seeing 21 licensing agreements. Um, we have 112 licensing agreements in the UC history. Um, we, like I told you before, we have 28 spin-off companies based on science and technology. Um, about R&D, for example, uh, we file uh, 40 um, R&D projects last year for more than or around $7 million, around 100 patents files a year. Um, and in, in revenue, we are just started and we receive um, until last year $300,000 in royalty revenue. Well, that's really great that your office is doing that well. That's impressive in terms of whether you're talking about license agreements to spinoffs to patent filings to uh, royalty revenues. So congratulations to you and your team. That's that's really impressive. So, Alvaro, switching gears a little bit, I wanted to ask you for your thoughts on what you think some of the best practices are that you've developed to handle IP and university tech transfer. So that is one important challenge for all transfer office. Um, seven years ago, we created an internal contest uh, called Protecting to Transfer, okay? So, which aims to raise invention disclosure for our researchers and, and, and academics. The winners of the program receive funding for the patent process. No? But the most important thing here, Lisa, is we realize that the academic has a human beings like to win a contest. <laughs> yes. So this program has been very uh, useful for rise invasion disclosure from faculty members that probably we don't necessarily know. Uh, we try to uh, make like an open call and if a researcher want to came to our uh, office, we can finance without contest, but was very uh, unsuccessful because the, the the researcher want to win a contest. So now <laughs> we just have a contest. It's yeah. Funny. Um, and a couple of years ago, we set up a university industry meeting that is very very interesting. Um, so where our academic academics present their project to the panel integrated by company managers and professional involved in research topic. Okay, and that panel. Um, uh, or the members of the panel offer market feedback and other consideration related to the solution proposed by the academic. So this feedback is available early validation of our technologies uh, when we have to decide which innovation should to start to patent process, for example. So that is, is part of our how we manage our IP. 
That's that's really impressive. That sounds like a really good program. And yeah, everyone generally usually likes to win something at some point. (laughs) So I also wanted to ask you, Alvaro, what you think is most important in managing innovations to give them the greatest opportunity for success? Wow, interesting. Um, So in my book, I propose six golden rules to promote successful tech transfer process. Um, I would like to give you some, some, some of them. So first of all, we need authorities committed to the vision. So for example, the CEO of a company or the university president must to be convinced that the tech transfer, innovation, entrepreneurship is important. They are the leaders and we will follow them. So the first, the authority must to be convinced on it. Second, we need clear rules, intellectual property regulation, conflict of interest regulation, uh, and even clear royalty revenue policy. So must to be all the rules very, very clear, clear to be involved in that. Four, the incentives for uh, our academics. That is important. So what they want if they involve on that. And finally, Lisa, the innovation culture, from my point of view, is, is also relevant. Seminars, panel discussion, promotional events, uh, marketing campaigns uh, will create a culture within the university. And finally, finally, uh, the successful cases. So we need successful cases in the short period in order to show that that is is possible to do that. So the successful cases doesn't matter, Lisa, if it's the best deal, the best deal doesn't matter. So you just need the the, the short uh, term successful cases. That's a great list, and and thank you for sharing those out of your book. And and speaking of your book, Alvaro, um, I mentioned we mentioned that in the in the bio, and and I know it's available from a number of different platforms. But I also wanted to know, um, is that available both in English and Spanish, or just just in Spanish? Now it's available in in, in Spanish. Uh, you can find it in Amazon um, as well. In uh, there is a platform called Busca Libre that you can find it. Um, uh, but we are uh, available to translate if someone are interested in it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah, I thought in case some of our listeners might be interested in knowing whether or not it is available um, in English. But yes, you're you're right. They could certainly do the translation. So thank you for that. Um, switching gears, Alvera, I wanted to ask you about external, um, like corporate and government partners and the role they play there at the university. Can you give us some examples of some relationships that your office has with corporate partners? The industry is still far away from the innovation activities. So we need to work in order to have more strong links between industry and, and university. Um like I told you before, we have a developing uh, venture capital industry, and it is working very, very close to to the universities. Got it. And do you have any um, philanthropic organizations that you work with, or not yet at this point? Mm, the philanthropic community is not very active in Chile. In general, we don't have important donors. Nevertheless, Lisa, 
probably the most important donation that uh, you see the Universidad Católica receive was to build the innovation, the UC Innovation Center or the UC Innovation Hub. It's located in one of the biggest campus uh, in our university. Uh, its donation came from uh, one of the Chile's most important economic group, and it was around $15 million. So we, we have some, no, no many, but some experience uh, related to innovation. So switching gears again, Alvaro, um, I wanted to talk about one of my podcasts earlier this year, and um, that was a podcast that I had the privilege of talking to George Chalapa and Megan Pitcher about their Autumn's Better World project. And that was really, really a great episode. And and I learned a tremendous amount during that podcast. Um, And in fact, during that podcast, one of the recipients that we talked about was Gene Pro DX, which I know is a spinoff of UC. And in 2021, received the Better World Project Award for their work with uh, thyroid print. Can you tell us a little bit more about Gene Pro DX, their work, and what it meant to receive that award? Oh, yes. We, we are very happy with that prize and with this spin-off. Gene Pro DS, DX is, an, uh, is a successful spin-off company founded by Dr. Hernán González an academic of the School of Medicine at UC. Um, the company develops thyroid print, a uh, diagnostic test able to solve the uncertainty of cancer risk by predicting whether you have a bending nodule uh, with certain uh, certainty greater than 95%, allowing you uh, to avoid undergoing diagnostic surgery. So the, the 70% of the bi- biopsy performance are bending, while the 20% are un- indeterminate, and only the 10% are malignant. So surgery is recommended as a preventive measure for all patients diagnostic indeterminate, okay? So, however, the problem with with that is that only, only a quarter of those cases result in cancer, okay? Which means that three out of every four of this intervention are unnecessary. Uh, not to mention that they are expensive and sadly patients with lifelong hormones supplementary. So the test developed by Dr. Gonzalez as a solution to this situation can detect more uh, precisely whether the nodes are bending or or malignant, uh, thereby avoiding the large number of unnecessary thyroid removals. That's really a great story and such a tremendously important invention. So I, I, I really enjoyed hearing about that one and, and definitely uh, Gene Pro DX, very deserving of that award. So definitely a lot to be proud of there. Um, and I wanted to ask, um, Alvaro, in addition to Gene Pro DX, do you want to share with us maybe some of your office's other success stories, other successful spin outs, startups, things like that? Oh, sure. Um, Missing. Uh, related to biomedicine as well, we develop a respiratory syncytial virus vaccine. 
So after spending more than a decade researching the matters, um, Dr. Alexis Kalergis and his team, of course, successfully developed the first, the first ever international level vaccine from respiratory syncytial virus administration. That is important in children and newborns. The vaccine has recently become the first vaccine in Chile to be tested in phase one clinical trial and in healthy adult volunteers and has successfully uh, met all national and international regulations. So we are very happy on it. Um, and let me tell you, uh, Lisa, as well, that Dr. Kaler, he's related to the vaccine development, work has allowed Chile, uh, allowed Chile to create an alliance with Sinovac, a Chinese company to research and develop vaccine against COVID. So uh, thanks him, we can uh, be closer to the end of the pandemic here in Chile. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that's that's really good news. So, Alvaro, with great success also comes some challenges. What would you say your office's two biggest challenges are? I want to successfully transfer high impact research research results, Lisa. So that is just we are focalized focalized on it. Technology transfer are the ticket out of the academic world for invention that can be used for by people who are truly interested in, in them. Uh, whether these are companies, non-governmental organizations, or public agencies. So our focus is to get a high impact tech transfer in the in the middle term. So switching gears again, Alvera, I wanted to ask you about diversity, equity, and inclusion, because this is an important topic that's being discussed in tech transfer offices all around the world. Can you tell us what your office has in terms of any programs to help encourage and assist women and other traditionally underrepresented inventors and entrepreneurs? Sure. Um, so we are... Um, in a strategy as a university of empowering women in science and technology. Um, in fact, we raise financing from the Minister of Science and Technology to promote this strategy in the next three years. Okay, So, for example, we will launch a financing program for patents, prototyping, or another program just for women. Okay? But, but in addition, probably that is most important, we will modify some policies regulation to include the reality or, or understanding the reality of women in science in order to incentivize their participation in science and technology. So, we, Lisa, we are very excited about it. Switching gears again, Alvaro, I wanted to ask you what organizations you and your team are involved in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's very important. Um, I actively participate in the national and international networks. This is because I'm convinced that the networks are necessary for the tech transfer activities. That is, this is very clear. Um, I was a founding member of the Chilean network of the tech transfer manager that was six or seven years ago. Uh, in addition, I, I participate in creating the tech transfer network of the Pacific Alliance and it's involved four countries in Latin America. And I have participated as a speaker in multiple conferences organized by international organizations such as uh, LES, uh, Autumn, etc. So my recommendation always is to be an active 
member of networks. It's a fundamental for our activities. Now, switching gears again, I wanted to ask you, do you have a view on credentialing and whether or not it makes a difference? And here I'm, I'm referring to things like registered technology transfer professional, the RTTP designation, or maybe the certified licensing professional designation. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So people, people are the key in this process, in tech transfer process. In fact, they are the most important factor in, in, the, in our offices or in, in the process in general. Um, so for this reason, Lisa, it's relevant that people working uh, in tech transfer offices can be trained. And of course, certified is better. We don't have um, many certified process in Latin America, but in general, uh, our team participate the, the their certification in, in Europe or in the United States as well. Alvero, I generally like to close the podcast by asking my guests, if you could have any three wishes granted or a vision realized for your office, what would that be? Three wishes. Um, okay, so first, we want to reach a high impact transfer from our university. So we are working really, really hard on it. Secondly, we want to contribute to develop of a culture of innovation and entrepreneurship in Chile and in Latin America as well. And finally, um, to develop the ecosystem on technology transfer in Latin America. And we are working on it. I hope in five years more, we can get the three witches. <laughs> I hope that you and your team uh, get there in the next five years, like you mentioned. So good luck to you. Well, Alvero, I can't thank you enough for all your insights and time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? Sure. Um, they can send me an email at aossaducl um, and on the social networks, alvaro.osa. You can find me in uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, etc. So I'm available if someone want to keep in touch. Great. Well, thank you so much again, Alvero. It's been really an absolute pleasure to have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and align on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.